This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. If you notice during the week here in the shul, the bima gets pushed upwards and it's not centered in the middle of the shul. So the question is, is that a problem? Does that present a halachic issue that during the week the bima is not centered like it is on Shabbos? So you have to go back a little bit to understand the source and halacha of having the beam in the center of the shul. The source appears to be the Rambam and Lachas Tefillah, Perikidal, Falacha Gimel. The Rambam writes, Ma'amidim bima be'emtza be'sakneses. We put the beam in the middle of the shul. Why, says the Rambam? K'deshi yishmu'u kulam. So everyone should be able to hear it. It was a very practical idea. It was not any halachic massive reason, just so people should be able to hear from uh, the laning. So that's why the bima is found in the middle of the shul. The Kesef Mishnah already points out on that Rambam. He says, don't ask me kashas that there are shuls already in my time that don't have the beam in the center of the shul. That's because they're smaller shuls and they don't need everyone to hear it equally from the center. And that's why it's okay to move the beam with different parts of the shul. So according to the Rambam and the Kesef Mishnah, this is all a very practical application, not a halachic requirement. And therefore, if we can lane from this location and everyone can hear, there'd be no need necessarily to have it in the middle of the shul. Interestingly enough, if you look all up and down in Shulchan Aruch, Rabbi Yosef Cairo himself in Shulchan Aruch never records his din that the bima has to be in the middle of the shul, which makes a lot of sense because the Kesef Mishnah, who was Rabbi Yosef Cairo, doesn't think there's a din that has to be in the middle of the shul. He thinks the bima has to be where people can hear it. So middle, side, wherever, depending on the size of the room, depending on the size of the people, how big, how small, and therefore he doesn't record it. However, the Ramah does record it. If you take a look at some Kuf Nun Siv Vav, the Ramah writes, the Oisim bima be'emtza be'saknesses. We put the beam in the middle of the shul. So everyone should be able to hear it. So it seems like the Rambam assumed like the Rambam in the case of Mishnah. It's a very simple, practical idea. It's nothing overly halakhically controversial. It's interesting, the Vilna Goyen and that Ramon Shulchan Aruch tells us, Ayin, Gemara, and Sukkah. What does he want with the Gemara and Sukkah? The Gemara and Daphne and Aleph tells us about the shuls in Alexandria, in Egypt. And there the Gemara says very clearly, where was the bima? Ba'emtza. The Gemara makes this emphasis to tell you, you should know the Bima was Be'emtza. So the Vilna Goyen seems to be tipping us off to something. What's he trying to tip us off? So if you look in the Chassam Seifer in the Tshuva, he elaborates on this. Says the Chassam Seifer, I don't understand. The reason why the Bima was in the middle of Shul, so, was so everyone should be able to hear, in Alexandria they couldn't hear anyways. Right? They had to put up signs. So if the whole reason the Bima is in the middle of Shul is merely so everyone to hear, so why in Alexandria was it in the middle? There was clearly not there so everyone could hear. There's something deeper here. And the Chassam Sefer develops his own idea that the reason why the beam was in the middle of the shul is not practically, but it's halachically. Why, says the Chassam Sefer? It has to be like the Mizbeach. He says an interesting line. He says, where does the, the beam connect to the Mizbeach? So easy, the easy answer is Sukkis. We're makif around the beam the same way we do on Sukkis. But then he says, what about the rest of the year? He says, this is an interesting svari. He writes, since we lane from the Torah from the bima. And one of the things we lay in is our carbonus. So therefore the beam was daimit to the mizbech. You know, if you took a statistic poll, how much of the laning is carbonus? It's a very small amount. A couple parshas in Pinchas and some other places. But as I said, therefore says the Sefer, halachic issue. The beam has to be in the middle of the shul, not just for practically a practicality so everyone can hear, but it has to be there because it has to be daimit to the mizbech. So writes the Chassam Sefer and the Meshiv Dover has a chuvah where he comes up with the same thing as well. So Rav Yosef points out something which needs to be mentioned. Now, these are all very nice ideas, but it's not brought down anywhere. 
So to tell me that the shul has to be built with this condition because of a svara, it's hard to imagine Allah it should be such a problem. This was all until the reform movement took hold in Europe. So before the reform movement, we'll call it the late 1700s, 1800s, this was really the discussion. Then once reform took over, then the Hungarian Rabbanim specifically had a new problem. The problem wasn't the Chassam Seifer's issue or the issue of, you know, the, the Kesef Mishnah. It was people wanted to move the Bima to the front to be more like, the reform did it because they wanted to be more like the churches. This is already a halachic concern. We're trying to follow the Goyim. This is a much bigger problem. So it's interesting, the Ber Halacha addresses this. On the page in Simit Kufnun, the Ber Halacha says that today we have a bigger problem. People are trying to move the, the Bimas to the front because they want to be like the Goyim. He says, okay, they want to be like, he writes a lot of Shabbat. They want to go like the Goyim, Shekairin Temple. So he says the Ber Halacha. So he says, that, that's a serious halachic problem. And this was the problem predominantly the Hungarian Poiskim dealt with. The Maram Shik, the student of the Chassam Seifer, and later Hungarian Achreinim, they went so far as to say, you're not allowed to walk into a shul that has a bima in the front of the shul. Why? Because it's a reform. They're trying to copy the Goyim. They came down very, very harsh about this problem. So the, the big tumult with the bima being moved up wasn't so much halachically based on even the Chassam Soifer wasn't so against it halachically, except for but the problem with the reform was a much bigger problem that existed to why they really, really were very against it. There's an interesting tshuva from the Sri Deesh, Chil Yaakov Weinberg. He wrote this tshuva in 1960. Someone asked him that apparently he has a job where he lanes at a shul with the beamers in the front. He wanted to know, should he stop doing it? So Bechil Rakhav Weinberger told him that he said he remembers there was a town in Lithuania that they take moved the shul, the beamer up to the front, and none of the Rabbotim said you can't daven there. Meaning no one felt that davening with the beamer misplaces enough to make the shul possible. He felt that there's no halachic issue with davening in such a shul, it doesn't make the shul possible. Then in the footnote they write, yeah, that's because you were in Hungarian. The Hungarian Rabbanim, they were very adamant about this, and they talk and said, you're not allowed to go into a shul that has it in the front. But he does end off, Rabbi Chil Yaakov Weimik says, you shouldn't go to such a shul because a shul that built the bima in the front is a shul that's not following halacha. At the end of the day, we try to build the beam in the middle. So if the shul is bedafka, not following halacha, so even though it's not usher to walk in, the shul is not treif, but you don't want to go to a place where they're not following uh, the, the typical halacha. Rabbi Moshe has two chuvas on this matter. One is in Moshe Chelagal seven membeis, very short line. Rabbi Moshe just says that it's not the end of the world if the beam is not centered. It's not. It's not terrible. He's not talking about reform or anything. He's just saying apiyaloch. It's not terrible. But he says it has to have enough room that you can be makifit. Apparently, they used to put the beam so far up by the oven, there was no room to go around it. You can't be makifit. Says Rabbi, says Rabbi Moshe, you have to at least be able to go around it for that chasam soifer. That's what he writes in one chuva. Then in Igris Moshe Chelik Bays, this is a great chuva, it was written from someone in 1959 from Wichita, Kansas. 1959. Interesting. I don't know who lived there. But 1959, they sent the shout out to Ramesha, and Ramesha goes through the same sugya. There's really no issue to have the beam in the middle of the shul. It's not really a problem. As long as you do, and he says, I'm not even so convinced the Hungarian Rabbanim were so stark about their hakpada. Now, it could be Ramesha probably didn't really know what was going on in Hungary. Moshe was in Russia, not anywhere near the Hungarian land. But Moshe says, I'm not even so sure the Hungarian Rabbanim even asked walking into such a shul with a uh, beam on the front. But Dr. Moshe, if there's no shemitz of reform, then it's absolutely no problem. He does say, and interesting, if you have two shuls you can daven in, one has the beam in the front and one has the beam in the middle, Moshe says, go to the shul with the beam in the middle. But he thinks if there's no reason for 
suspecting of reform movement, then there's no problem to have the bima all the way over in the front. So I think, Baruch Hashem, we don't have such an issue here that the Choshenos, that we're trying to be like the Reformed Jews. And Rabbi Vadi writes in the Tshuva, when you lived in the Svardisha communities, where they didn't really have such a strong reform movement, he talks about Morocco or some of the other, he says, for sure it's not a problem. This whole Chumrah of these Achreinim was only places where the reform movement took hold. But where he came from, Rabbi Vadi, the Svardisha territory, they didn't have such a reform movement, so for sure it's not a problem. So Basikam, I think it's probably not the end of the world if we keep the Bima here. Maybe we could push it back a little bit, but I don't think anyone's Choshesh that we're doing it for the reformers just doing it because that's how YCQ set up the chairs. It's easier for the workers, maybe. So we keep the beam over here. But if you're building a shul, you definitely don't want to build a shul that has such a beam. I remember when I was a kid, back in Flatbush, I used to dive in the shul to help them make a minion. They had the beam much, uh, much closer up. And we asked a big rub then, and he said the same sack, like everyone's saying over here, that as long as you don't think there's any reform motivation behind it, they're trying to copy the goyim, they're trying to be like the church, so then it's not a problem, then you can dive in there, it doesn't present any halachic issue. And according- so the almond is a different discussion. The almond is a different discussion. The almond is for a different share. Maybe one day we'll talk about the almond. Here we're talking about the bima for now. But the bima, ikar adin, is not a problem where it is. So therefore, we don't have to uh, find somewhere else to daven. And first of all, if you take a look in the Sridiya, she says, if you want to be mad at anyone, be mad at the people that are involved in the shul, the gabai, the president, yell at them for putting the beam in the wrong place. So we could do that here also, maybe. But he says, there's definitely no reason not to come daven because the beam is not front and centered. Me'ikar adin, it's fine the way it is. I think we can all hear from where it is over here. And therefore, me'ikar adin, it does not present a halachic issue. <clears throat>